I'm Catherine Budig. And I'm Kate Fagan. And this is Free Cookies, a humorous podcast filled with thoughtful conversations and delicious takeaways. On today's show, our main guest is Kira Stokes, who is the founder of The Stoked Method. And I double-checked with her, Stokes is her actual last name. For real. She's going to jump on and talk to us about a lot of interesting things, like somehow we relate transitions in writing to teachers and who teach classes on fitness. So stick around for that because she's awesome. She's going to make all the yoga teachers who listen to this and just wellness, fitness-y oriented people quite pleased. She's yeah. got some delicious And she's going to challenge them, I think, to make sure that if, they, if we do have teachers listening to make their classes as seamless as Kira strives for hers to be. And don't judge a book by its cover as well. Don't judge a cover by its book. Don't judge a human by their abs. Um, (laughs) So, and then after that, we have a really lovely little segment because this coming Friday is a full moon. So I brought in one of my lovely friends, Tiffany Maloney, who is a yoga teacher and a specialist when it comes to ritual. So... Okay, I gotta gotta stop you because... Kate's bouncing in her seat I'm bouncing in my seat because... This was a segment that you wanted to do. Yes. And you know this Tiffany. This not Kate's idea. <laughs> and I kind of wanted to do this fun thing at the top of the show because I don't know anything about moon rituals. You know a and little the, bit because you live with someone who likes to follow moon rituals well, and practice them. Okay, but I don't want to call you out or anything, but since we've been together, I haven't seen you do a moon ritual. That's because I tuck myself away into my private little coven and do them by myself. That's some scary shit that you're talking about right there. <laughs> but I, there's probably some listeners who understand the cycles of the moon and rituals. And there's probably others like me who are like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I wanted to do a fun thing because you said it's full moon, right? Yes. And, and, and Tiffany's going to teach us like a full moon ritual. Yes. Okay. I wanted to share what I think a full moon represents or something. Like, Bring it. I can't okay, not so wait. Okay. So full moon. This is like me trying to describe a football team. Yeah. So full moon is, obviously I, I know visually what a full moon is and I believe that werewolves come out at full moon. So. Good mythology. That yes. must mean where you're like the deepest, darkest version of yourself or the truest version of yourself is in a full moon. Oh, okay. I'm liking this. Okay, so I think uh, at full moon is when, like, all of the things that have been stirring in my soul should come to fruition. Okay. And I think a full moon ritual would be where I stand somewhere (laughs) where I can see the full moon Uh and I, I pray in some sort of way to the moon to bring out the deepest manifest manifestations of what I've I've planted. That's what I that's what, that's what, I actually don't think I'm that far off. I, I kind of want to bring in a slow clap for you. Okay, right now. But I'm, I'm afraid to that's not going to pick up on the mic. Very no, well. and slow claps I think are dated. But <laughs> oh wow, it's yeah. Burn. So I did decent. I'm you excited. Did. I'm excited to hear because I was not a part of the the Tiffany segment because I wanted to at the top of the show have no idea what it was and pitch my idea what it was. I thought this was, was potentially going to be a really like cute, embarrassing segment, but I'm actually quite impressed with your interpretation of what well, full moon means, which I think perhaps may mean that I'm rubbing off on you in a well, little bit, I even think, though I, I do my rituals by myself yeah, in, in my a, coven in your closet. deep, dark covenant closet? My, coven, my covenant closet? What's a covenant closet? I don't you know, know what? That, Let's, like we that sounds like that there or something like that. That sounds like a main segment some other time. Okay. You, you taking us I, inside I your covenant really closet. I do really love communion wafers, you guys. But first... I just like saying that, like, with a really authoritative tone. But first, we had a funny thing happen to us the other day. On the way to the forum. 
on the way to the <laughs> Oh, that's Mel Brooks, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we had a funny thing happen. We were at Sullivan's Island the other day, which is this really beautiful beach in Charleston, South Carolina. We sound like we never work. Every single time in this podcast, you're like, we were at the beach. We hey, were having a beach day. It's called balance. Okay. I think we were not eating cookies. Nope. Just in case you think our life is perfect. And we were at this beach, and there uh, was basically this sailboat that <laughs> washed up on the ocean. Well, there were like, humans attached there to were, it. There like, were like mildly drunk humans attached to it. And we don't really know if it was windy or if they didn't know what they were doing. But so we turned around, all of a sudden, there's a sailboat there. And there was also a group of probably four or five women who appeared to be there for some kind of bachelorette sure thing, which okay. is very common in Charleston. And so one of the drunken sailor dudes started chatting it up with the bachelorette chicks. Okay. And then to our left, and we had already observed these humans, there were two like perfect specimen humans it was this woman and this man physically speaking we don't know we don't know if they were what good their people or character not. was like or their souls were like but they, they could have been very dark smoking hot meat suits yeah and so kate and i were both like damn and then the damn people went over and talked to the like bachelor hey ho <laughs> people right. Th- those people were like rocking some cheese puffs white cheddar cheese puffs actually a brand i adore and other snacky type things. You're, which about, I, you're a Cheddar Bunny kind of person. I love Cheddar Bunnies, but the thing you don't know about me is that before we got together, my snack item of choice would have been the white cheddar natural Cheetos that they released maybe 10 years ago that got to be in the organic aisle. <laughs> Y'all, she just said natural Cheetos. But they, they are. They are. They're in the packaging, a bag that feels thicker. Mm. You know, the way that like companies... Like re- recycled Yeah, bag it's recycled material. bag material. And I was like, oh, these are Cheetos made with... Love. whole materials and there were the white cheddar and people will know what i'm talking Real about cheese. yeah those those are mostly health food so we kind of digress but actually that's a, a good segue into what was offered and what was it kate an oreo yes they had a freaking ziploc of oreos and so these bachelorette ladies were asking you know damn guy and girl if they want an oreo and watching them was hilarious because I don't think either of them have had wheat or dairy since 1993. I actually didn't see this exchange happen. I just saw what happened. I just was part of the exchange later. Yes. So anyway. So we ran into them in the parking lot. And the guy may or may not have known who Kate was. And she didn't want me to bring that up because she thinks it sounds douchey. In fact, I'm, gl- who she is. I'm glad you brought that up because I do want to do some quantitative research now. And I want listeners who think that's douchey. If Catherine had said, which you did say, the dude was like, oh, I watch you on ESPN. I think that sounds douchey. No, it was actually really funny because he wasn't like, yo, are you Kate Fagan? He was like, Kate Fagan's. Oh my God, are you the Kate Fagan's? And it was funny because he said Fagan's. It was plural. I didn't correct him either, but I think it's douchey anyway. But people who have the time, you can hit us up at Free Cookies Podcast on Instagram or at our Gmail, Free Cookies Podcast. I do think when people bring up stories where people have recognized people that it's inherently douchey and there's Had no way to avoid the douche- your last name, I probably wouldn't incorporate that into the story, but I am going to call you Fagans from here on out. I think Fagans is Irish as well as Pro- Fagan. Yeah. All the, the Fagan derivatives. Okay. The point being, we started talking to, you know, Mr. and Mrs. CrossFit and they brought up the Oreo bit. And they got really emotional over, like, what am I supposed to do? They're offering me Oreos on the beach, and I just felt all this pressure, so I took the Oreo. Which brings up a very interesting reflection of what Kate and I are like as humans. Because if Kate yeah, was because, offered an Oreo on because the beach... Yeah, when because we, when we got in the car, 
after he had said this, you were like, oh my God, dude, just eat the Oreo. Like, it's not that bad. It's one freaking Oreo. And I was more like, why do we have to feel pressured to eat pieces and items of food that we don't want just because someone's offered it? I am definitely of the opinion, and perhaps it's not Southern hospitality inviting, and perhaps some people think it's poor form. I feel no obligation to take you up on your offer of food. Well, absolutely, but here's the problem. I don't think it's a, oh, I just don't want that. I think everyone, if they are in their right mind when offered an Oreo, if you stripped away, don't shake your head at me, if you strip away everything, most people freaking love Oreos. Double stuff Oreos. It wasn't double stuff Oreo. You don't, you didn't see. You, I did not see you, you in made detail it clear. expecting this cookie. Yeah, when I asked you if it was double stuff, you said it wasn't. So, but regardless, I, I will accept the premise that's stripped away of society and... and it's not like someone offered them something covered in ketchup and you're like, I freaking hate ketchup. I'm not going to have that. A hot dog slathered in ketchup It's would more be of a rejected. like, oh, that's a processed cookie that's not going to do good things to me. That's why I don't want it. That's yeah, what the difference But I'm somebody could have offered me a kiwi at the beach and I would have... If I didn't want a kiwi because that has sugar in it. No, but if, if it was something that was on the, the, <laughs> the, the, the paleo... The point is, like keto tonic, keta. What's the diet that you don't ketosis? Ketosis diet. I still would say if I don't want something like that, I just say, and I I quickly, I'm like, nah, I'm good. Well, here, okay. So I don't think the antithesis of something being bad means that it's good or vice versa. Tell me more. No, I don't understand it. So if you were saying, oh, that's a cookie, I, I look at that cookie and I think that's bad for me. Oh, I don't want that because that's bad. My theory is like, yes. Technically, a processed cookie is not nutritiously fulfilling to put into your body, but it is an emotional little, like, amusement park that goes down your throat, and then they throw the, like, big surprise party in your tummy because it's so exciting. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is I love cookies, and I agree with you that they're emotionally healthy. What if they've been passing out oatmeal cookies? Oh, I love oatmeal (laughs) No, no, but back to my point. I 100%, I hate that. I agree with you that cookies are emotionally healthy and I want to consume cookies. What I don't want to do is consume cookies on someone else's timetable. Like I have a certain amount of cookies that I should be eating every year. And if I don't feel like eating- dropping the should bombs. Like if I don't feel like eating a cookie, which is emotionally healthy, but I eat it, it's all kinds of conflicted emotion. Like, oh, I just used a cookie chip. And I didn't really even want a cookie. This segment's getting longer than I think we intended. <laughs> okay. okay. We, maybe we'll continue this conversation of on cookies, our car ride home. We should bring in Kira. That is the most ridiculous segue, but yes. That we can eat more cookies if we train more frequently with Kira. That's not how I like to view life, but let's bring her on anyway. guest is an endless ball of inspirational energy. Kira Stokes is one of the smartest trainers in the business. She is the originator of the award-winning Stoked Method and has been in the fitness industry for 20 years. Plus she's from upstate New York. Plus she's from upstate New York. So you can catch her. She teaches regularly in New York City at the New York Sports Club Lab, BFX Studio in Chelsea, and offers a Stoked Move of the Day. I believe it's a smooth, smooth is the acronym for it on her Instagram. Wait, wait, smooth? Smooth. Hashtag stoked move of the day. Oh, smod. 
whatever I like to say, smooth mm. in my head. But she offers Smog. this regularly on her Instagram, which is at Kira Stokes Fit. So basically, Kira is a client-first kind of teacher who is all about intelligent movement, education, and finding ways to keep people inspired and motivated to move. And as her clients, we can both attest to all those things. So we are very excited to bring you Kira Stokes. So we are sitting here with Kira Stokes, who a mere four or five hours ago was training both of us. It's true. We actually were on a 4 a.m. flight. Out of curiosity, how would you have felt if we had canceled around <laughs> 9 a.m.? And it was a 10, 15 a.m. workout. Um, I never truly get upset with cancellations because then I'll just work out during that time. Because it's more... <laughs> hours a day okay so for those but of i you did look at my phone i did look at my phone and go and like in the morning i'm like i wonder if their flight was delayed or like i was kind of mentally prepared when i went to bed last night being like well they're on a flight early morning it might not work i, I would say minimally two times on the plane kate looked at me and was like baby no yeah and, th and i was no. like let's yes. cancel she'll understand it's an early flight and, and Catherine was like, no, we s Catherine's very much more, we said we were going, we're going, and I'm more like, everything's in flux until the moment it happens. See, I would think it would be the opposite. Well, no, I would because think I used to teach clients why, all the time, too, oh, so I have a personal um, affinity towards people not canceling. Yeah. Although I do relate to the, if it was teaching a client on a Sunday and then they would cancel on me, I'd be like, sweet, I'm right. going to stay at home in my sweatpants. Right. But especially last minute canceling when you are ready to go and it's game time and then they just drop out. Yeah. It's disrespectful. It's harder for me because of the commute. You know what I mean? So it's that, you know, it's if I'm already like in the city and I'm there, it's like I just use the time to, you know, kick my own butt in some way. Why did you form. think that I would be against canceling? Because of the athlete in you, like 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 how you always talk to me about how you're so regimented with your time, with everything has to be. You Count like it. to time things and count things. I, I can't ever imagine you last minute being like, eh, I don't want to do it. Because would you have last minute ever not gone to practice? No, that's true. Right. It's, so. it's, it's odd that I'm less concerned with keeping, but it's more of a sweeping personality trait that I'm okay with canceling plans. It's not just yeah. workouts. Like I'm the kind, like, I don't think I'm, I don't think I tip over into flaky. Yeah. But I more often, if we had plans with friends and it's the next night and all of a sudden I'm like, you know, what, I actually don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm going to give it a percentage. I would say 75% of the time Kate wants to cancel things. That's me. Yeah. But I don't cancel 75% of the time. But if I were to shake my head and say, yes, let's cancel it. You would go great. Cool. Done. And then we would cancel. <laughs> yeah. When's your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> November 15th. November 15th. Scorpio. Huh. Because that's like a cancer trait. That's what I do. Huh. Is it, so you're a big cancer. I'm a cancer. I'm like, I love being home. I love, right. like, I am the person that's like, and my husband is so Mr. Social. Like, he's so social. And I, I attribute my desire to cancel plans because, you know, Catherine, from this job, like, I feel like I'm social all day. I feel like Absolutely. I talk all day. And, and I love teaching my classes. My classes, I feel like I'm at a party all the time. And then... The last thing, quite frankly, I want to do on like a Saturday night is 
be social. Yeah. I just want to like lay on the couch. So, well, you know how we were talking this morning about red eyes mm -hmm. and how they seem like a good idea mm -hmm. in advance. Mm -hmm. You think, oh my God, that's a brilliant use of time. Yeah. Then it's awful. That's how I feel about making plans with people. Totally. I think two weeks out, I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah, me too. Two Fridays from now, I'm going to love it. I'm going to jump in the shower. Yep. We're going to go have a glass of wine. Then I get home and I'm like, but you know what's better? Doing nothing. <laughs> totally. Netflixing it's is better. <laughs> and <laughs> it ends up that nothing is better than Netflixing. It's so true. Like, we get take, like, I will say it, to the point where my husband a couple weeks ago was like, what is this? We're not freaking 85 years old. We need to go out <laughs> to dinner and stop eating takeout. I was like, but what's wrong? It's truly what's wrong with it. And when we go out to dinner and it's just the two of us, we're home in an hour anyway. Right. I'm like, that's the biggest <laughs> waste of me showering because I love you, but like we're home in an hour. Like, and <laughs> fun fact, Kira has a very large collection of Golden Goose sneakers. <laughs> Which happened to be my favorite sneakers. How do we transition to that? Because, out of curiosity? no, it's all going to make sense. Okay. Because if I were Kira in that situation where I didn't want to go on a Saturday night, I would just open up my closet and be like, there's so many of you that haven't seen the light of day and that really need to be seen tonight. And then I would put on You're one right. of those pairs of sneakers and I would put on my big girl panties with my golden goosies and I will go out on the town. Catherine is much yeah. more, she's just much more like, no, once we get there, we'll be happy we're there. And I can't get through the transition point. Yeah. That feels like, to her, it's like this little baby hurdle. And it's like, you know what? Let's just get there. We're going to have fun with our friends. And I'm like, no, this hurdle is massive. Yeah. I'm like climbing up it yeah. to get over. But I agree that once we, almost always, once we get there, I'm like, okay, I'm glad we did that. Yeah. That's how I felt about our workout today, too. And, and anyone, if you do not know what Kira Stokes looks like, you can check out her Instagram page or you can look at her sites or Google or whatever, however you like to stalk people. But Kira, you are maybe one of the more fit humans I have ever met. How does it make you feel when we say, is it weird? In are we my objectifying? Entire life. Do you wish you were like, I'm more than that? Like, what happens? Uh, uh, I can't say, you know, it's funny. Like, I've worked really hard. Like, obviously, it's a, it's kind of like your business card. It shows the work mm -hmm. that you put in and your, that your method worked and that, you know, you've been really dedicated. But there is a part of me that go that immediately goes, oh, but there's so much more than just, you know. I'm sure it's a, quite the, the conversation physique. piece it's for always, a lot of people. It's always the kind It's And the funniest part of it, what typically happens um, is that somebody will, after talking to me or after taking my class or just taking five minutes to really get to know me versus just look at me, their face kind of goes, wow, she's like, she knows what she's talking about. Well, that's the point <laughs> that I was going to get to is that okay. I was so intimidated by you. And then I actually took the time to come practice with you. And I loved your public class, but it wasn't until I did a private session with you where yeah. I was like, wow, yeah, I love you. Yeah. And it's not not to say that just because you have this amazingly s fantastic meat suit that you have right. spent hours of uh, very intelligent work, but just you have such a beautiful softness to Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and <laughs> quirkiness, but uh, it was just... You were dorkiness. So and quirkiness. <laughs> no, but quirky and dorky and yeah. fun and, yeah. and smart, and which is why I, I really wanted to have you on the show because it's... You, to me, um, you know, you're that, that generation in the wellness and fitness world where mm -hmm. it's like, I put a lot of time into this and have schooled myself and continue yeah. to educate myself. And, and as someone who's worked with so many people 
physically, mm-hmm. I can plug into that immediately and know if someone knows that kind of work. And, and I found it wildly refreshing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I feel as though I'm never going to apologize for what I look like. Right. Because that is I mean, it's a part of what we do. I mean, it's, you know, the body is the body and it should show the result of what you've put into it. But, um, you know, for me, I talk about this often, this like just like anything, you don't want to judge a book by its cover. Right. Mm -hmm. You look at someone, you immediately think. And I what I hear most often, which definitely bothers me, is when people go, oh, gosh, she's she's intimidating. I don't want to take her class or they they see the look or they see they're just looking on social media and seeing things I do. And they're like, whoa, like that. She looks amazing, but like, that's too much for me. And it's, it's hard as someone who is super fit to get the point across that my workouts, a, when I'm training you or I'm teaching, it's so not about, it's not about me. Mm. It's, you should be the inspiring person in the front of the room and you're guiding, but people need to remember that what they need to pay attention to your words and your coaching style and how you're putting a program together and how movement is put together and how they make you feel right. And the, I work very hard when coaching and I think this is, it's kind of become to, to soften when I look around the room, when I start a class and I see that people look terrified, like people who are there for the first time, their faces are like, like they don't Get even want to look at Yeah, They're like, Oh my gosh. Like this, <laughs> this is like, Look is this, this an woman. hour of burpees? Is this, they, they, they do. They look at you like, and I'm like, gosh, they look like deer in headlights. So the first thing I typically do when I teach a class is you have to, I've learned to really infuse humor into the first like sentence that I say. Like there's got to be, you've got to break the ice. You know what I mean? And when you have a physique that's tough looking and strong looking, and it, it's not, it's not a making an excuse for yourself, but it's a finding a way to relate to people or to get to them to relate to you as so much more than just the bodies in the front of the room. So either humor or immediately explaining why your class is put together the way it is or, or providing information versus being like, look at me, look at me. This is, you know, because it's not, and that's evolved over time. Like I always say, like, I wish I could get my hands on the people that I taught the first couple of years that I was doing this because back then, Um, and that was 23 years ago, (laughs) it was more about me, you know, when you're young and you, and you you like when, especially when you're, when you're teaching a class, you're looking at yourself in the mirror and going like, how does this look doing this? Like, do I look okay? And now I can honestly say when I teach, I don't even, I maybe look at myself like twice in the mirror, the entire class. And I think the thing that I have loved is that I worry that a teacher is going to make me do things that would make them have a good workout. Mm -hmm. And like what weights you would do, the number of reps you would do, mm-hmm. how you feel and how long you could go doing something versus mm-hmm. like paying attention to how I'm doing what it. What you need. And honestly, there's been no time in your class where I'm like angry at you, you yeah. know, and, and that can happen. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, it's borderline. Like I would like to stop doing this now, but yep. you've never gone into the point where I like just want to give up on you. Right. But I w- we have to get, I want to get back to like the origin story of it. Yeah. Uh, because I know... We come from the same town. Not that <laughs> this won't mean anything. Oh, sorry, Catherine, go. I, I, I want to, bef- before we transition back to the origin story, okay, okay. just really quick, because yeah. you touched upon something that I'm really fascinated to know how you deal with, and I know a lot of people listening probably struggle with. How do you authentically brand yourself? I, I, in, especially in the wellness world, yeah. so many people are trying to brand themselves. Yeah. And 
and, and I find it complicated because I find when I truly love something, I don't want to brand it because it's special to me yeah. and it somehow feels gross. But at the same time, I'm a businesswoman too. So I know that I have to find some level of branding. And I'm very curious as someone who's successful in your career, do you struggle? Is that, is that something For that you sure. find complicated? For sure. I mean, I think I've struggled with it at different points in my career. Um, you know, I'm lucky. My last name is Stokes. Right, it's which a is badass last name. Badass it's last not name. Like, be honest, it's not your real last name. It is my real last name. <laughs> <laughs> I, my husband's last name is Jacobus, and obviously, get Jacobus wasn't happening, so I kept Stokes. But it's so Stokes get was like a get Jacobus. Right. Can you imagine that's him taking a nap I on the couch? I see you sitting around yeah. being like, how could I brand <laughs> yeah, myself? How can I get Jacobus? So mm. I didn't really ride off the Stoked thing until I got to New York. Like I moved to New York eight years ago. And I was in Boston prior to that through college and after. And I never really used Stoked. Like it, it was crossed your Stoked. mind, right? Not really. Okay. Like I don't know why it hadn't, but I think it kind of shows at that point, I was totally trying to find out who I was in fitness and what I like wasn't ready to be stoked. Do you know what I'm saying? No, yeah. Like I was at that point I was Kira, who was you know, I started training people my junior year at Boston College. And you're young. I mean, I was 20 years old at that point. I was just Kira. And it was total body conditioning that I was teaching, right? And that was the first class I teach. And I was training people. And I wasn't f educated the way I needed to be educated on the human body or fitness in general or different modalities to be able to create and brand myself at that point. So I think when you talk about struggling with branding, I would, my advice to people who are newer to the industry, don't be so concerned with branding yourself mm -hmm. when you're just getting into Baby the birdies. industry. Yeah. It's like with any, with any profession, you walk into, for some reason in fitness, all of a sudden, within the past five years, I would say, we want to just immediately, like, you've taught for a year, and all of a sudden, oh, I've got my own brand. Same like, in yoga. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, you don't. Like, you, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, it's the truth. Like, the stoked method, you can't have a method until it's tried, true, and tested. And you're testing, unfortunately, like, in a, in a fit, in the realm of fitness, People don't realize they're your test case, but they're taking your classes when you're starting out, and they're kind of your test case. Like, How are your is knees going to be in yeah. 10 years? Like, is this working? Is this, like, are they seeing the results they want? Are they getting injured? Like, for five years or so, you have to see how you're putting movement together. Does it make sense for bodies? And, so is it fair? and you, you can't, in my mind, when someone tells me, like, oh, I have my own brand, and I'm like... And you're 24 <laughs> years old. You have a brand already. Right. And I'm not saying that there aren't there are brilliant trainers out there who are young. Absolutely. But you have to be as patient in this industry as you are in any other industry. You don't walk into a corporation and become the CEO of a corporation, right? You have to do do the dirty work and make the copy. You you just have to. Yeah. And so brand. I mean, a little off tangent with the branding, but like for me my branding really occurred when it, when my true branding of stoked, that was, I mean, 14 years into my career <laughs> is yeah. when I really found my brand. And I had, I had a number of different modalities I was teaching under my belt, but I don't think I was ready to truly have that name on there until that point. Yeah. It, uh, I think having fallen into this trap sometimes with stories I want to tell, mm -hmm. 
sometimes there's an obsession with branding because it's the easy, sometimes it can be the easy part of the job. You're like, oh, okay, like the headlines. Oh, I always, sometimes I get caught up. I know that I don't have enough reporting when I'm worried about the headline of the story. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I want to focus on how it's going to be packaged and what the headline's going to be to avoid the fact that I have no content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> In a lot of ways. Yeah. And so I feel like sometimes people get obsessed with like, what will my brand name be? And what will it look like? Because they're like, actually, when I dig down in, I don't have the content I want. So right. I'm going to be obsessed with my headline. Right. And I, it's whenever I all of a sudden get too obsessed with like the name of something, I do this a lot. I'm like, what would the name of a show be? Right. It's like, well, why don't you actually see what it feels like yep. and from that comes yep. you know the headline it's like the chocolate easter bunny right it, it, it's a chocolate Go- easter bunny it looks no, delicious no, no. and it's amazing exactly like that on the outside but when you bite into it it's hollow yeah yeah and it's you know Damn, there's a what kind of easter bunnies you got i had like the rich easter bunnies no i'm talking like i mean these were the really inexpensive milk chocolate i mean th- they look From like CBS. they're always a good idea CBS, yeah. yeah and then you break off the ear and you're, it's like, all, you're like what? yeah there's no stuffing wow i didn't <laughs> stuff <laughs> there's no stuffing <laughs> why isn't it stuffed with chocolate too <laughs> well, or solid, solid chocolate. No, it's actually, that's an awesome metaphor. I it like it. It is a good metaphor. Can we go back to the beginning now? Yes, we can go back okay. to the beginning Good now. detour, though. So, Kira and I, I didn't know, we're both from the Capital District, which is upstate New York area. Mm. I went to Niskiyuna High School. like Hunger Games. Upstate. <laughs> no, the Capital District. The Capital it District. It does. It does. I, of curiosity, I don't say that to anyone unless I never say they're it. from the Capital District. No, yeah. I got all... Yeah, no. You didn't know, right? I... I feel like... Oh, wait, like that was X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't That Hunger was like yes. Hunger Games yeah. that morphed into X-Files. Yeah. yeah. So we're both from the Capital District. But we went. We were in the same conference. I went to Niskunis, you went to Bethlehem. This is all a lead-up to say that... Capital Region's amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> I was like, wait, what am Capital I trying to say? What's my lead-up? waiting up? with bated breath. <laughs> Please, go visit. <laughs> There was a weird thing that happened Empire when I State found Valley. out you were from Bethlehem where I was like, I would have assumed you were from like a city or like Cali. And so then I, I like started that. to think, what's then what's the origin story of Kira being in fitness? Because for some reason, I always thought the town we grew up in like didn't really wasn't on the cutting edge of wellness <laughs> or fitness. So what was what was the start of you caring about? Oh, my this? gosh. Do you want to really know the true start of it? Yes. yes. Like really funny. OK, so and I a lot of this, I remember parts of it. There are parts I don't. When I was young, when I was like five years old and this, I, I remember lining them up in the hallway, but I had two twin beds in my room. And one of the beds had like 50 stuffed animals on it. Oh, yeah. Very into stuffed animals. And mind you, I would rotate who got to sleep with me at night because I felt guilty over the ones that weren't. So I would wrote to keep a list and rotate who was sleeping. Anyway. No, 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 no. We're not passing through that. (laughs) There were two twin beds, but only one human. One human. Me and the other bed. Only one stuffed animal got to share the bed with you at a time. And one stuffed animal got to share the bed at a time. So I would rotate through them all. Now I feel like I might be walking into a mind trap. Why were there two beds? Um, I had a room with two beds too. Yeah, my sister and I did share a room. We shared a room for like when I guess when we were really really little, and then they turned the playroom into my sister's room. And when they did that, they got her a new bed, and I kept the other twin bed for my animals. What was your favorite stuffed animal? My favorite was Belle. It was the female Snoopy. 
Do you remember Belle Snoopy? No. Look it up, Belle. I always thought really? Snoopy was just nope. genderless. Nope. That didn't really catch on. There's a female <laughs> Snoopy. I bought two of them because I would, one got really dirty. You thought you'd keep one and, and sell it later totally, on eBay? I was like, I still have the female the Belle. Totally. She wore a pink dress with a red sash. That's and a she little had on little, the nose, isn't little, it? <laughs> that's very hyper-feminized, that Snoopy. Snoopy. In <laughs> retrospect, what was it teaching you about gender? Okay. <laughs> Like it's an open question. Oh, now we have a picture. Oh, producer Sarah's oh, pulling God. up. Oh God, she has a pink, pink bow. bow in her oh, hair. Oh, yeah. pearls. Yes, but no, she wore a dress. No, she wore. She had a dress, but she did have pearls on. She did have pearls. this stuffed version of Belle. She's sophisticated. Had on she's a pink sophisticated skirt. Belle. Okay, back to the. Okay, that and my gun. You remember no that? Shirt. You remember that traditional gunned teddy bear that was like the white. Yes, yes. That, that was one. my teddy bear. That one. Snuff. Yeah, that one was my other. What, is, what was the name? name your name of your bear. <laughs> Maybe this is why you didn't have a name for your bear. method for a while. This is bear. This is dog. Wow. Oh my god. This yeah. one is a girl. She has really, on a skirt. It's all starting to make sense. Wow. Okay. Okay. Ba all right. Let me get. Let me backtrack into why I got it. Okay. Once a week, I was a unique child. I would pull the scale. My mother had a scale. Like never weighed herself, but like filled with dust. A scale in her bathroom. I'd pull the scale into my room, set up a desk at the at like the door of my room, and line the animals up in the hallway. And I'd have a yardstick and a scale, and I would weigh and measure every single one of them weekly and keep files on them <laughs> to see if they were growing. To see if they were growing. <laughs> How many and weeks? I, and I every oh. week, and I like I did it for a really. Long, I had a file cabinet with like. Were you like well, guys need more vitamins? We need five. Or, you were five or six. I was five. I was. I, my mom thinks I was six. I was probably six. Okay. So I can barely write. Like, right. I don't even know what I'm writing. You wouldn't be right? thinking to yourself, they're not growing. I don't need to keep measuring them. No. Right, right. No, okay. I was like, you know, but it was all mad. Like, I was so into, like, imaginary everything. So to me, they were growing. And my mother would hear me saying to, like, Winnie the Pooh, Pooh, you had too much honey. You gained five pounds. <laughs> You need to do, and she was like, and my mother is so, mind you, my mother's never seen the inside of a gym. She's never, she walks every day and she does the five exercises I gave her like 20 years ago and won't add on. She's like, it's just bone density. So she was never into like, <laughs> I want to be fit. Like it was not her thing. How do you feel about the five exercises she does? Are they decent? I gave them to her, so yeah. Oh, <laughs> I thought they—I thought they were like some nope. random thing that was one exercise okay. per upper body, like all she wants. Give them to you. Got to give them to us for our listeners who are like. You want to know what? Yeah, they are? what they are. What are they? She does. She has bands. I gave her bands, bands and she are the does. Best. Yep, she does bicep curls with her bands. Okay. She does kickbacks with her bands nice. for her triceps. Medias, Yep. Oh, with arm, 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 Yep, arm. Got she it. bends over, does kickbacks. She has five pound dumbbells. She does shoulder presses, lateral raises, and then I have her get up and down off of the from the couch like squatting so she sits down she stands up she sits down she stands up that's pretty that's genius perfect. yeah that's, perfect. that's it like that's all she'll do and she's like every time in this biz. every time <laughs> <laughs> you see it coming yeah like like i might actually be you know i'm getting up there so <laughs> this this whole baby boomer fitness thing could be my yes it could be my thing it's my next or it's going to be stoked in the water we're going to be doing water aerobics <laughs> that's the future but so i would do this with my stuffed animals right and my, I, my parents have no idea where it came from. Like, my sister had no interest. She's like, what is she doing? But I was like, she's weighing and measuring her animals again. <laughs> so, so that would happen. But my dad, every night, would come home from work. And before he even said hi to us, he would have his running clothes on. And he would go for a six-mile run every single night. And Oof. I'd wait for him at the end of the driveway. 
and he would my mom was like I'd look out the window to be sitting on the driveway waiting for him to come and he would run by me and he would motion come on and I would run the cul-de-sac with him and then he dropped me back off and he would keep running and my sister again had no interest but I was like I want to I want to run with him um so that was kind of I saw him do that every night and then I watched him do his exercises he had a little gym downstairs and he would get on the Nordic track and like lift his you know he had old hardcore weights mm-hmm. you know and he would and I just he's he's like you were always very observant and like watching and you know you'd be on the stairs and you'd start doing calf raisers I was always very into it very into the body and um then a friend of mine Beth Kirchen high school friend Beth, a high school friend high school friend Beth Golden Kirchen. Eagles right yeah uh, Eagles. BC Eagles BC yeah Eagles. which I was an eagle in high school and an eagle in college <sighs> Boston College yeah. I kept that going right I didn't I didn't leave that but of course not she told me that she never wanted to sleep over at my house because I would make her do 300 sit-ups before bed. I believe that. I don't remember it. I and believe she's like, that. At our reunion, our high school reunion, she was like, yes, you did. I was like, I did. She goes, Kira. Yeah. And so I, I asked 300 like, two more. 300 is a lot. I was yeah. like, did I do? My mother's like, you did sit-ups every freaking night. No one told you to. You just did it. Huh. And I don't know. It just, some things are just in you. And I loved movement. And it was like I had a trapeze in my backyard, like oh. a tra- oh crazy like I a flying trapeze. I had a flying trapeze in my backyard. So my dad, it's all like when you think of all Your the different things. Totally in my, normal. It was so <laughs> crazy. So he built in our we li- kind of lived our backyard was the woods. So he built in our in the woods balance beams because I was a gymnast going from tree trunk to tree trunk. So he took trees down, built these beams of wood that connected the tree trunks. And then they went, they went up, they went across, they went down, they went, you know, parallel to the ground. Then we had one of those trolleys that you go swing, you know, you ride on those trolleys from tree to tree. Do you remember those? You sit on the trolley and you push yes. yourself off from yes. tree to tree. We had yes. that. And then we had a full-on trapeze with a ladder. I mean, my parents would have been arrested if this <laughs> was the now yeah. because somebody was, say, was there a net? Our whole no, oh, our God. entire neighborhood would come play. But I had two concussions, so <laughs> my no. <laughs> because it was a real trapeze it was he put this had a company come in put a steel metal beam between the trees and this trapeze hung down and I would get on the step ladder and my sister would swing it to me and I'd fly in the air and catch the trapeze and just swing wow oh my god yeah oh no it was like that legit I no I've so never seen fun. anything like it like I've never seen anybody have this and nobody should because it was quite <laughs> dangerous I mean it was like and she my sister be yelling do mill circles while it's swinging and I did anything she said so oh that's gosh. where the concussion can occurred. we have a picture of this backyard does it still exist it doesn't exist mm-hmm. my dad t- they took it down because the woods kind of overgrew when we move out when we moved uh out you know when my sister and I left and they took I don't know why they took the swing down. This, it was a swing and a trapeze on one side and the other. I'll see if my parents could maybe. Do you remember being scared? Her. Oh, yeah. And then what happened? Yeah. Um, of the trapeze? No, what would you do when you were scared? I would still do it. Huh. Yeah. And then I was the little sister. 30 like, sit-ups afterwards. Yeah, totally. Like, I remember, <laughs> like, I The beginning of circuits. Did, yeah, the beginning of circuits. It, it totally ten was. Push-ups, ten trapeze swings. It Go. totally was. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It all makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think anybody who has a love of movement, there's something from their youth that kind of, like, taps into, right? Like, mm-hmm. and then I was a gymnast. So, and I was also the gymnast that you could not tell me 
to stop. Like I was the one 100 kips in a row on the uneven bars. And I'd be like, we only asked you to do 20. And I'd be like, yeah, 100 will make me better. Wow. Yeah. I was totally like 100% focused. Like this is, and I'm going to be the best. And I wasn't, but. I don't I know if this is a good follow-up, but I have to ask it anyway. <laughs> Did your dad do a loop that always went by your house? Yes. So even before you ever first went out there, he would have been running by the house at some point. He didn't change his course for you. Good question. I don't know. Do you remember the first time he like let you run with him? And do you I think the first time I don't remember it, but I think he's told me how it happened was he was done with his run. And I was waiting for him. And I was like, when and I said to him, When can I run with you? And he was like, Oh, well, we'll just do the cul-de-sac. Like, so we uh, we had a little, like, our street has a cul-de-sac on it. Yeah. And he was like, we'll just do that. And then and then I started to think, well, I want to, I asked him, I guess, from what he told me, I asked him if we could run the cul-de-sac every time he ran. And he was like, okay. He was kind of my, like, for sure, I'm very much like my father. Like, very you know, regimented and there's routine and, you know, he never really strayed from his routine and I do, but I, I know the roots of my routine, you know, like he, not to talk too much about my father, but do, I don't know if you look, if you look back on my Instagram, there's a picture of my, <laughs> my dad, he's 78. The dude is jacked. <laughs> like, I'm going to go look this up. Oh yeah. I, I'll, I can find it for you right okay. now. He, every morning, and every morning I have the same thing. I have coffee, right? I have my coffee, and then I have an, an Ezekiel muffin with Laughing Cow Light Cheese on it. Every morning for the past, like, 20 years. That's What's what an Ezekiel muffin? It's a, um, it's bread. It's Is a sprouted. Is it Ezekiel? Ezekiel? Yeah, it's because it, Ezekiel referring to the Bible because there's a certain passage that talks about all the different grains and right. things that you will use to make bread. And it's crazy filling. It's, it's delicious. Like delicious bread. Yeah. And I just, I just like how filling it is like that. But that's my father every, every morning. I got to find this picture. He has carnation instant breakfast. Oh, wow. Wow. Carnation instant breakfast with whole milk and, um, and then a corn toasty. I love Fry corn toasties. Corn. <gasps> Remember corn toasties? No. first corn toasties. Yes. You, you obviously, you toast them. This is so upstate New York. And, oh, I'm pulling up a picture. That means you put upstate New York Hunger Games toasties. thing. A capital yep. district thing. And he, then you put butter on it. Oh, my God. Oh, corn the butter. Yep. The butter. I can taste it in my mouth you right now. You know corn toasties. Yep. Oh, no. baby, it's, baby. it's amazing. Sarah Johnson, you know corn toasties, no. right? No. You don't know corn toast? How do it's, what? Is it an upstate New York thing? Like, corn toasties? Huh. No? Like, you guys, listeners, they're they're bewildered. Fryhofer, sixth corn toasties. Fry, actually, Fryhofer's has is, that, or he has an English, a Fryhofer's so English muffin. So it's Fryhofer's is an upstate New York Is it? Company. It's, it's an upstate New York company? Yeah. I'm looking it's through this. Cornbread it's cornbread that you put in a toaster. Okay, you know right. what? You know, you don't have to talk smack about it. You well, I'm just it. describing to people who may not be in front of a Google You machine. can't deny that that was, like, dripping there with, with the butter the on top. So it's a cornbread a that you put on. into a toaster. <laughs> well, yep. I, that's no, I was <laughs> analyzing out loud because this is an audio experience. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. Then, but, but so I think I just watch, you know, you watch the people in your life and I think, 
I'm going to find this picture for you guys after, but you, you do what they do, you know, like my, I, I mean, I guess I would also watch my mom and my mom would nap like eight times a day, 20 minutes at a time. So really? She, oh yeah. And did you adopt that habit? I love naps. Like I'm an awesome 20 minute napper. Like on our, but I remember like as a little kid, so you're disappointed enough that like you set an alarm down. when you nap. I wake up after 20 minutes. Mm. Huh. It's yeah. a practice skill. Yeah, it's a skill. And it's it's 20 minutes and it's such an energy booster. But I remember looking in her room and seeing her like face down on the bed like, <laughs> at like at like 11.30. And I'd be like, didn't you just get up? Like, <laughs> I feel like you just got up. She's a master napper. Right. She naps at 9 o'clock at night, gets up. She's up till 11.30. Like, it's it's an art. But she's like, yeah, I'm I need to be better you. about that. I'm like a three hour napper or nothing. Well, that's the thing for me. It has to be 20 minutes or it's like two hours. There's no 45 minute hour. It's like one or the other. It's either almost like bedtime or yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I have two words from you, not from you, from me that I'm not going to explain them. I'm just going to say them. And I, I want to know what your reaction Ooh. is to them. Okay. Teacher. Toasty. Oh my god. <laughs> Delicious. Imposter amazing. cornbread. Fucking oh awesome. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is serious. Okay. I gotta get the vibe serious. back. Okay. Two words. Okay. Not okay. corn toasty. <laughs> Teacher. Instructor. Mm. We could talk for hours. Oh, mm. really? From an outside perspective, I'd be like, those are mostly synonymous. I was mm. that that is, but not in our world. So I am I one hundred percent would call myself and hope that people would call me a teacher versus an instructor. And teacher to me is your goal as a as a teacher is to allow people to whatever whoever's taking your class or whoever you're training the goal of that is that they walk away having gained serious knowledge Absolutely. having walked away not only with knowledge but a feeling too that you and a good feeling like a better feeling you want to better someone right so teaching to me like what I what is 100% a part of my style and my method is that um you, you have got to know your why in terms of just as a person, like why you showed up, but also as you, got, you both have experienced training with me, you need to know and teach people what muscles they're working, how to engage them, what they should be feeling and when, so they don't feel like, oh my gosh, this is burning, I'm dying right now, and she's saying nothing. Like there are points during a workout, like you, you said earlier, Kate, you kind of knew it, you said that I know exactly where the point where you get to where you're about to be about to say to yourself, I can't do this anymore. And that's the point where I move on to something else. That's 20 something years of experience that takes experience, but that is a, a key thing of being a teacher of not, it's not your goal to never should be the goal to pound someone to the point where they feel unsuccessful with something right as a teacher, you know, fitness would be fun. Like, like we're, you know, we're talking about it very seriously right now, but like it, there should 100% be a fun element to it. But in order to really make an impact on your body and yourself and, and become your best self, you need to be taught how to do things, not told, right? So what I 
call it an instructor, is someone who just stands in front of the room and yells commands and yells out what the exercise is and the amount of time you're doing it for, but gives you absolutely no idea, like the why, the reason, the purpose, and the placement of each exercise. Um, something in our industry that is really disturbing to me is that I'd say 90% of the people out there now are instructors versus teachers. And, and that all stems from what we just talked about, the origin. Like when, when I got into this business 23 years ago, I got into it because of my love of movement and my des desire to truly help people, to make them feel their best. I wanted them to achieve their best. And a lot of people now, not everyone, I'm not saying everyone, it's not a blanket statement, but there's so many instructors out there now who are in it just because it was the easiest thing to slide into when um, maybe their top notch, what, what they really wanted to be doing didn't work out. Absolutely, to gain a platform when they yeah. couldn't get onto the original one they yeah. wanted to stand on. And it's like that, and, and, and I do feel that in the end, you know, the cream rises to the top. Like you are not going to be able, if you're not in this industry for the right reasons, you're never going to stand the test of time. You're never gonna have longevity in the industry because your heart has to be in it. And in time people, you hope, right? It can be right. really frustrating at times when you see certain brands or certain, you know, people that you know are uh, what I call enter trainers, <laughs> like entertainers, but they're trainers. That's good. And, and it's it's so rampant and I don't it's it's not just New York City it's all over but it's like you you have to you have such a responsibility as a teacher to continue to educate yourself so you can educate the people that you're working with better every single day right and I'm constantly like I, I just I'm so I, I try so hard to find any new information that's out there that could have could maybe change just a little something that I'm doing to make it better the way that I can that I can get the information I have across right and it's a pro I mean Catherine you and I have talked about this it's a real problem and it's I'm very much I guess a purist you know when it comes to fitness and it's um there's 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 a couple quotes I like but one of them too is you know if you're so busy learning the tricks of the trade, you're never truly going to learn the trade. Mm -hmm. And people are so busy out there just like, what can I throw at people that's crazy and weird yeah. and different? And, and like goat to yoga. stand out. <laughs> yeah. Like, like goat yoga? Yeah. <laughs> love goats, love yoga, but seriously. You blew my mind in Vail when we talked about that. But <laughs> blew seriously. my mind. But, but tr it's, it's, it's like you... You have to put the time in to truly learn the trade, right? To learn, uh, to hone your skills. Yeah. And, and and why are we then trying to get so, why are we trying to think so far outside the box? You can't think outside the box until you know what's in the box, like the back of your hand. And the classics, Kate and I were talking about really good yoga classes that we had taken. And she mentioned a class that she took in LA that was by a senior teacher and it was it didn't move very fast, mm -hmm. no frills, mm -hmm. um, pretty classic posture. And I, I love hearing Kate's opinion as someone who's not fully immersed in the world like I yeah. am. And she was like, outside of your classes, thank you. I just said that because I had to. <laughs> she was like, that's the best class I've ever taken. And I just think that is such a testament to like what you're saying is 
know the foundation. Yeah. You know, know what feels good. Yep. Know the body. Have that responsibility. And it doesn't need to be some big, sparkly yeah. extravaganza. Yeah. Well, one thing you and I talk a lot about, and it applies to Kira, I think, as well, is like how much writing and yoga are actually alike in that I'm worried about how my transitions seem to people. And I'm worried about one word coming after another as opposed to before yes. another. And and actually, once you actually recognize the difference between one sentence and another sentence and a bad transition and a good transition, like you can't unsee those things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now it's like I read somebody, I'm like, that transition actually doesn't make sense to me when I read something. And But those are the hardest parts of writing. And I think when I take your yoga, I see that like, the transitions make sense. Whereas sometimes I'll leave other people's classes and I'm like, if I'm finely tuned in, I'm like, that didn't actually make sense. Right. And the, the connections between like so many different worlds are always amaze me. But then again, I'm like, everything's connected, <laughs> but wow. Okay. I just got really, <laughs> that was well, right, so <laughs> <laughs> the whole world is connected. But <laughs> in, in your world, like, does that resonate with you? Oh my gosh. Like, like, like it, so when I teach, it's not no about the move, it's about it's what's the, what's between the move totally okay. and i say this all the time that that and i think part of it comes from my background in gymnastics that there are, that when you think of gymnastics do you think about there's or like a floor routine right mm -hmm. you you don't stop to get from one place to the next there's a flow in between there's there's a the transition is as important as the actual move themselves move itself so within just using for example you stoke 360 which you took Every movement, it's, I say this in the class, it's not the moves themselves. We've all lunged and squatted and deadlift and done all those basic moves, right? It's what comes before and after each move that makes the massive difference in your body. That not only does it make a difference physically, but it, it forces it, mentally you connect to the entire workout more when transitions are seamless and movement makes sense, right? So whenever I talk about it, I always say that each circuit within using that class as an example, Stoke 360 is the chapter of a story and the entire workout is the actual story and the book. And you have to have a beginning, a middle and an end to every single chapter in my mind that leads you to the next chapter. Well then for me, sometimes whenever I'm writing, there's always in every column, let's mm -hmm. say thousand word column, mm -hmm. there's always that one transition like that, where I'm like, oh, those two ideas, I know they connect, yep. but I don't know how they connect. Yep. Does that does that happen to totally you? Totally happens to me. And it typically happens to me at the end of class because I'm always running out of time <laughs> because I always want to see you both. Always know. Something yeah. else There's to always do. something else to do. And it's always like that last, that last circuit where I'm trying to fit in what I, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have two more circuits planned, but really I'm only going to get one more in. How am I going to make the most of this? And There'll be something where nothing, what bothers me most is when I have people have to get down off the floor or they're standing up and then they have to sit down and they have to get back up again. And within there's no, a, within mm. a circuit and there's no like, typically if I had time, like you'd flip over, you'd come into a plank, a downward dog, push back to each shin, like yes. do some, and then you'd walk back up. And sometimes there just isn't time for that. And I will literally not sleep that night because I'll be like this really that really didn't that wasn't stoke style that didn't flow the way i wanted to flow like there there's it and then truly when i go to other people's classes it is it's like all it's pretty much all i notice like how the transitions are almost more important to me than the movement because it's like the transition is telling me that you thought about your program well that you thought about how it was going to impact people's body and whether it really made sense for their body because 
that's where the true like intellect comes in. It's not the moves. It's how you seamlessly put them together. Because as much as like I don't teach yoga, there's there's an element of of the type of flow or the, that, that, that exists within my workouts, which make it, it's like a functional flow of movement. Mm-hmm. Is what I but call you can, it, right? like, cause you did the class in veil that Catherine taught, right? Yeah. You, oh yeah. You can tell not that you've done a ton of yoga and I haven't done a ton, but I have though. And oh, okay, I so loved it. Because like I, I don't know a ton about yoga, but I'm like, I can even say that move should not come after totally. that move. Yep. And that's the thing I love absolutely so much about Catherine's classes. I've never been like, uh, that was a clunky transition. Yeah, yeah. Or if it is, you will actually say, uh, "There's no better way to get you to the front of the mat right now." You know, you, <laughs> right? You know, exactly. Or and that's why you, you will acknowledge. Yes. I wish I had a sexy I'll transition right now. Yes, yes. But and, I just need you to come to the front. And of the I mat. do that in my class. I'll be like, "Okay, I'm just gonna say right now, this is totally off map of Stoke style, but like, it's all I have left to do with you. Like, it's just yeah. it, it is what it is. Like, if it's not, it bothers me so much that I'm like, the only way to address it is to address it. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. if I don't, I'll be like, they're leaving thinking that, the, you know, yeah. it's like you just have to talk oh, about it. That was the clunkiest transition yeah, at the last terrible. circuit. And mind you, 90% of the people in the class oh, well, have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but not. they're like, but they're like, okay, whatever. But I, I will say this, like, I do get, you know, there's such a stoked squat, as I call it, right? And the re- and, and the reason there is this amazing group of athletes that typically never miss a class is they they'll say I can't go to another class now because it's lacking that that's that kind of transition and that kind of flow and that it makes sense and and it's it's unfortunate because it's the rise of studios boutique studios has been amazing but it also has allowed people who are just going to stand there with a stopwatch in the front of the room and time you who don't know that much about the body to find their way into, into that position. Yeah. And I always say like, you know, I don't know, it's a responsibility too on the part of the people taking the class. Like for me, I always do my due diligence on whoever it is that I'm going to be putting my body in their trust, right? It's your body. It's Absolutely. not a small thing. And it's like, would you go to a doctor that wasn't like, an educated doctor, someone that's just like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a doctor. But really, did you go to school for it? I mean, I'm not saying everybody should go to school for 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 fitness. That's not it. Like, there's so many certifications that are amazing, but you would take the t- you would take the time to be like, okay, does this dentist have bad teeth? Does this hairstylist <laughs> have bad hair? Like, you look at those things, and you wouldn't go yeah. to those people. So it's like, take the time to to look at who you're trusting your freaking body with. What's your favorite part about your relationship with your body and what's your least favorite part about it? My favorite part is my the st- like my ability to move my own body weight. Mm-hmm. Like my my the ability of like if you ask me to like jump up right here and do pull-ups, I could knock them out no problem. Mm-hmm. That if you ask me to drop down and do a push-up, like like being able to push and pull your own body weight is such a powerful thing to me. Like doing a bicep curl with weights, like whatever. Like that that to me is so it's so much easier than knowing that if I were ever in a situation where all I had was my body, that I would one hundred percent know how to kick my butt. Like that to me is like super powerful. And I and the I guess the ability to come up with creative ways that use basic strength, like the the most basic movements and making them just tweaking them a little bit to make them interesting is my favorite thing. My least favorite thing. And you don't have to have one. I don't want to be like the negative person over here. You know, I, I will say this, like I'm a really, 
happy with myself. <laughs> I don't really have. Yeah. I've always, you know, I've always looked at my body as, as what ability it has, not like what it looks like. And I think that what we talked about earlier, you know, I'll walk into certain studios and someone like the way they'll call my name. I was like, there's the walking ab. <laughs> and that bothers me a little bit because I'm like, yeah, it's not exactly I don't want to be called abs. Yeah. Like I don't really, and it's, and it's, if you know me when I teach, like I teach and I only take my shirt off in 360 because I get hot and we're jumping rope. Never comes off and by, it's like, it's like, that's just another muscle group. Like that's not what I am. Um, and I think, and does it make you feel like they think you've got ni- you've gotten to the point where you have nice abs because it seems flashy? Like yeah. wh- what is that kind I of think, what's happening when you I hear that? I think that they see it as like, and I'm so not the flashy person. And again, it's it's that perception again that we talked about earlier that I like you take your shirt off because you want people to see your abs. Yeah. It's not everybody knows I have abs. Like I, I, they've seen their day. You know what I mean? It's been they've been. I've had them. No joke. Since I was five years old. Like well, they, you were doing three hundred. I was doing three hundred crunches a day. Now everybody's, so everybody's blind trapeze. Everybody's gonna start. That's gonna be honestly. That's how I could make millions. <laughs> it's like what do you do? You start doing three hundred steps when you're five years old and, yep. and fly on a trapeze. It's pretty easy. Easy. Start now. Piece kiddos. of cake. Piece <laughs> of cake. So I think I think for me it's like mistaking the. I'm the furthest thing from flashy. Like if you, if you look like talking about social media, look at my Instagram, I'm providing you a move. I'm providing you every single day with a piece of information that I'm hoping that you're going to do on your own. I'm not standing there taking a selfie of myself. And it's gorilla style too. You know, it's yeah, not like you're in not, some it's fancy not glossy. Yeah. No, it's like, and I've usually I've in like had a driveway or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like in my freaking driveway. Yeah. Like, like, and it's just, it's, it's, that's what it is. It's to show you, you can do this anywhere and it doesn't need to be like, that to me, it's that's to me what social media should be. Like, if I wanted to see something that's crazy curated, I would just buy a catalog. Like right, go why get a do magazine. I, why, why do I get a magazine? Like, I don't. So for me, I'm providing you with information. Like, it makes me very. What makes me uncomfortable? Like things that make me uncomfortable is a picture. Like, I have a million pictures of myself in a bathing suit on vacation. I'll post one every once in a while. But what I'm not looking for you to do is to tell me how good I look. That's not the purpose of that. Like, that's never my goal. And I think it's pretty evident by how, when you look through my page that that's, but like that bothers me. I'm like, I don't need you to tell me I look great. Like, I'm just, it's like a happy moment right. where I'm like, like in my bathing I occasionally suit. wear bathing suits and I want to be allowed to post and them And I want to post every once in a while, well, you know? people are coming it's with their own projections and their own stories. Totally. And when they see someone that looks a way that they want to look or they don't understand yeah. or, you yeah. know, all of their judgments yeah. start to, you know, flood out and flood out. Rise yeah. Up. I think Rise that, that I think that oh, yeah. In terms of <laughs> love, Springsteen. What's that on Broadway now? Rise <laughs> up. That's gonna That's be my fine. cool down song tonight. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't I like in terms of what I don't like. You know what? I, I don't love that. You know, when I'm when you're 43 years old as I am, um, I still train like I'm 25, which I love. But your body sometimes tells you that that's yeah. not. Hey, you're not. Listen to me. Yeah. And it gives you those reminders. I think that's yeah. the thing that maybe bums me out the most is like, wow, you know, mm. as much as you. The human condition. The human condition. <laughs> the human condition of like working Why? out is amazing for you, but can also like, you know, yeah. you get those. Tweak overuse. faster. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So that's now, m- that's it. The key important. question. Very, very, very I crucial. I could hang out here all day. What time is it? I know. Oh, <laughs> no. Well, it's, it's time for an ad break. 
Kira's going to get out the bands. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> drop. No, drop. I think we'd already trained for an hour and a half the other day, Energy and I was trying booster. to catch a flight. Like, I actually had to get on a plane, and Kira's like, wait, <laughs> wait, you didn't get to do your core and yet. Then we, and then we'd and shower. And then the flight turns out it was delayed after we'd showered and gotten dressed. And Kira was like, we could hop into the cycling studio yep. and <laughs> do 10 more oh, minutes yeah. of abs, and I was like, we're walking out this door. Yes. <laughs> She, Kate, Kate, Kate was like, I really, really thought about whether we should even tell you the flight was delayed. <laughs> I was Kate like, was. the studio is empty. You don't have to be. You can be showered and just do abs. It's just easy. We've got on like jeans yeah, and sweaters. I'm like, I got to go. I have like, a lot of stuffed animals I need to mention. <laughs> Back to the important question. And you said something about, you know, the classic Oreo cookie when you first walked yes. in off air that concerned me. And you don't have to talk about that. But, Kira... <laughs> What is your favorite cookie? My favorite. Oh, God. I know. I know. It's, it's probably question. what's right there, the juice crust. No. <laughs> it is. Oh, she's okay. going off the standard okay. cookie list. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Do I have Standard cookie. Okay. Standard cookie. I'm going to take it back to Capital Region. <laughs> Capital District. No. Capital is it one District. of those corn fritter cookies no, or something? No. It's a it's, corn toast. It's those Fryhofer's <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. Those, those are little, good. Do you remember they were yes. in like the bread, the box with the see-through top? Yes. And they were like. They're the best I'll pull chocolate up a picture chip, for you guys. The best chocolate chip cookies. Those in are the, good. How they're is like that on small. a standard cookie list, all you upstate no, New Yorkers? No, it's a chocolate chip cookie. That's a, a chocolate chip cookie. cookie. Mm. She's just naming a baker. There's okay. something about it. Like, it's the so, this each one was, like, this big. Yeah. It was like, that you big. You could eat 70 of them. You could eat 70 said. of them. Here's my part. I'm all about portion control. Yep. From the time I was little. <laughs> I was like, I was like those, Everything little, in moderation. those little cookies are perfect. Like, that's all I need. Yeah, no, that would be my favorite cookie. Those are good. At the top of the show, we mentioned that there is a full moon happening this Friday, which is why we have this awesome guest coming up, and her name is Tiffany Maloney. She is a yoga studio owner in Beaumont, Texas, and I'm about to embarrass myself, a Reiki, 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 Reiki healer. I don't, I never Ricky. say it right, you guys. She's a healer. And why did you think I knew? I don't know. She's, she's a healer for both humans and animals. It's actually quite interesting. And she's an intuitive empath and a moon priestess. She also happened to contribute to my book, Aim True, and she talked about moon rituals. It happens to be on page 259 to 263. So of Jurassic Park? Little pitch of my book. Oh. And I am super pumped to have her on the show for today and also our upcoming Friday full moon so we can have a better understanding of the natural cycles at work and how we can harness oh. them. And Kate will not be part of this segment. It's so a werewolf. Enjoy. So, Tiffany Maloney, welcome to Free Cookies. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so the reason that I wanted to have Tiffany on is because this coming Friday is a full moon. And part of the reason that I know that, except for, you know, that the inside of my body is calling to me, uh, <laughs> is that Tiffany actually told me about a really cool app. I think it's called Deluxe Moon. Am I yes. calling? Yeah. And so this is a really cool app that I've had for years that I, whenever I feel kind of funky, like restless, or I can't sleep or moody, I almost always open the app and it's definitely almost a new moon or a full moon, which is really <laughs> interesting. Um, and I know some of our listeners really pay attention to the moon cycle and some people might think this is a little heebie-jeebie so I would love for you to kind of explain a little bit about 
the moon cycle rituals and basically what we can expect for this Friday and maybe how people can um, take advantage of it. Oh, okay, definitely. Well, for those of us that are uh, sensitive, which is probably the majority of us out there, mm-hmm. um, especially if you are listening to this portion of this podcast, um, <laughs> this Friday is going to be um, one for the records. It's actually going to be an eclipse, a, lo- a full lunar eclipse, um, and one that's going to happen um where the entire moon cycle is going to happen in 104 minutes. So we're going to go from a very full, bright blood moon, super moon, where that just has to do with the direction, I'm sorry, the closeness of the moon to the earth. So it's going to look very large. So it's not ominous. That <laughs> the, the, the name blood moon sounds like we should get all of our vampire books out and ready to go or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Some, yeah, something to sacrifice. No, it's, <laughs> um, it really just has to do with the casting of the shadow of the earth on the moon. Okay. Um, and when the sun shines its light um, and we have that casting because we're so much closer, it just gives the moon a reddish tint. Got um, it. That's why it's called a blood moon. But we're going to be in perfect alignment, sun, moon, earth. Um, and this eclipse is going to happen within 104 minutes. And so we'll go from full moon to crescent moon to basically the new moon back into the waxing crescent back into a full moon and it's all happening within 104 minutes. So basically we're all going to feel like we're in a rock tumbler. Oh, so we're experiencing a whole life cycle in 114 minutes, basically. Yes, exactly (laughs) that. Exactly that. So whereas you normally have certain emotions around a full moon, um, we're mostly water. And so we're affected by that gravitational pull, like the tides. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be on supercharge. So what, what does that mean? What do we do? Should we bubble wrap ourselves? Like, <laughs> yeah, stay in the closet. <laughs> right. Lock ourselves up. <laughs> Prepare your family. Um, you know, I, I like to keep things really simple. Yeah. Um, the more elaborate you sort of make things, the more difficult they are to continue. Um, and so to me, the more simple you keep it, the better. And full moons are about releasing. Mm-hmm. That's why around a full moon, you often feel like crying or you get a little bit more emotionally um, sensitive and heightened. Uh, your body is wanting to release. So that can show up in so many different ways of getting rid of things, of cl- purging your home or cleaning out your closet um, or simply just kind of wanting to tell people off, you know, like getting things off your chest um, that maybe you've kind of helped had bottled up for a while. So what I suggest is starting with a bath ritual. Okay. Because as you, um, kind of soak in this wonderful, luxurious bath, it not only grounds you and connects you with the element of water, which is associated with the moon, but as you drain the bathtub, it's a wonderful time to sort of imagine everything that you want to purge sort of going down the drain with that water. Mm, I love that. So there's a lot of um, floofy things that you can add to that simple (laughs) ritual. (laughs) Such as? (laughs) You know, such as candles, like red candles are wonderful for this moon because it's a blood moon. Um, 
I love to add pink Himalayan sea salt and rose, either rose essence, rose water, um, and or rose petals to this bath because rose represents, again, um, that sort of element of red for the blood moon. But also mm -hmm. this is happening on a Friday. And Friday is a correspondence of Venus. And the color mm. for Venus is red. So adding a lot of red to this, the Himalayan sea salt is going to also help purge and cleanse. We always use salt to cleanse. So that's just another way to help um, dispel and purge anything that you are wanting to get rid of. And then just while you're soaking in that bath, um, just allow yourself to feel everything that you're feeling. Mm -hmm. um, if you feel like crying, cry, you know, get it out. Um, if you feel like writing some things down in a journal that you just need to get on paper, do that. But I would definitely recommend burning it afterwards mm -hmm. as a final release. But the most important thing is that you in your heart and in your own um, energetic space really feel that draining of the water and really watch that almost as a meditation. Watch the water drain. I love that. And as, as a big wine drinker, you may not have saw this one coming, um, <laughs> but as someone who especially likes to relax in the bathtub and maybe have a glass of wine and maybe it's a red wine and celebration of the blood moon, but in all seriousness is because you're focusing on this meditative state and this ability to release. Do you think it's better to keep a totally clean slate and not put any alcohol into your body? Or do you think a glass of red wine kind of helps counterbalance the, the craziness that can come up from the energy of a full moon? Oh, I think, I think it's wonderful to include a glass of wine with that. You know, anything that you feel um, puts you in a sacred space. Totally. Um, I use wine for rituals often. Um, also, anything else that's grounding for you. Like for me, it's obsidian. Um, Which is a, a really beautiful dark stone, if anyone doesn't know what that is. Yes, yes. It's like <laughs> shiny volcanic rock, So, and it's heavy. So I use obsidian a lot. Um, and comforting foods. Also, yeah. because we are going to feel like, like a pile of this, cookies, maybe a pile that's, of that's cookies. That's my that's my sacred space: a pile of cookies and a glass of wine and <laughs> and obsidian <laughs> and obsidian. <laughs> um, this is so awesome, Tiffany. And I would we would love to have you back on when it is time for a new moon, so you can give people the heads up on what to do for new moon as well. And uh, people can find you at Tiffany Maloney on social media. Is that yes. your handle? Yes, um, at Tiffany Maloney and. Um, on Facebook, there's like five different pages for me that I don't use, but just Tiffany Maloney. <laughs> so <laughs> please check out Tiffany for all things spiritual and ritual. She is definitely the woman you want to go to. And you can also hit us up if you have questions that you want us to ask Tiffany and we can have her back on the show. Thank you. So happy new moon. Oh, shoot. Happy full moon. <laughs> 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 there's actually a new moon that's going to happen in there like somewhere in that 104 minutes happy so. everything moon everybody <laughs>
Free Cookies Podcast on Instagram. You can email us at freecookiespodcast at gmail.com. And this show is produced by Lindsay Collins of FNB Radio. You should check out her show, which is also on the podcast machine. Apple iTunes. No, Apple uh, Podcast by Apple. Apple Podcast is what it is. And speaking of those, we have a couple people who gave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't realized yet, we are going to say your name on this podcast if you rate and review the show. We're going to try to say your name. So big shout out to Rola, Kate and the Cat, a Mac 1978456. Feel <laughs> like they ran out of numbers. And ding dang dingle. Ooh, dig. <laughs> Let's end the show. These are for real. These are real reviews. We love you guys. Thanks.